From Bureaucracy's Seas Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and survive on vending machine sandwiches from, I don't know, probably the 1970s as we fend off the leopard in the hole. One day, maybe, we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay. Improving things. This meeting is now in session. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Good, good. I built uh I I built a raft uh that should keep us uh afloat from the rising waters in this basement. Good. Good. So, um, and uh, I've, I've developed a rudimentary uh, fishing reel so that we can survive on the uh, on the abundant like marine life that will surely be showing up any day now. Brilliant. That's good. It'll be nice to have uh, some seafood to supplement our mm-hmm. diets. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's probably freshwater, so maybe there'll be some lake trout. Yeah. And sturgeon. That'd be nice. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm trying to survive off silverfish, which, as it turns out, is not a fish. I, I know. I was, been I was kinda... starting to... Yeah, I know. I was, I was looking for their tiny fins, could not find them. I was starting to wonder. Yeah. And once you bone them, there isn't much left. No. I mean, fortunately, like, the bones are all on the outside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's... Uh, it's, it's not exactly, like, down to a silverfish stick is not gonna... not gonna sustain you for long. No. Yep, total misnomer. They're not made out of silver either. Not made of silver, not a fish. Total ripoff. What even even are they? They're just these little exoskeletal creatures with multiple appendages exhibiting bilateral symmetry. I don't even know what you call that. Total fraud. That's what I call it. (laughs) Exactly. Fraud beast. That's what it should be called. Yeah. Uh, What... uh... Wait, we should be doing a meeting, shouldn't we? Uh, yeah, well, we should. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We've got okay. we've got one scheduled, so we may as well go for it. Should we? Right on. Uh, take, I suppose we should take attendance. Sure. I don't have my attendance sheet in front of me like usual. Uh, mm. so, so everything is so damp right now. Well, exactly. It's just, I mean, so it's basically like whoever is going to show up will be, you know, probably attacked by the mildew. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And all the ink is running these days. True. True. I mean, that's uh, good, good for it. Getting, keeping fit, running around. I'm not going to, you know, exercise is important. It is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. So I'm, I'm just going to have to guess who's here. Okay. And then we'll see. All right. Um, well, the, and this is this is kind of tough for me because when I have to guess at people, I always first say Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan isn't here. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm. I have no idea. Who's I think he's there. busy elsewhere. He's busy elsewhere. Okay. Well, Ronald Reagan's not here. Well, I'm all out of guesses because I'm. I'm not. I'm not good at these guessing games. Okay. Um, well, I'm here. Okay. And you're. I'm. I'm. Ronald. No, although I'm mistaken for him now and then. Oh. Yeah. I, I now, because I, 
I don't look anything like him, but I've had like a similarly deleterious effect on the economy. Right. And sometimes you trickle down. I do. Yep. Well, it's because it's so damp. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you can write me down as Paul DeShane. That's what I'll go by today. Okay. Paul DeShane, a.k.a. Ronald Reagan impersonator. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, I guess, well, I guess I'm here too. So um, maybe, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm Gerald Ford. That would make the most sense. Yeah. Okay. I'll be Gerald. F- well, it does not sound like me at all. In, no. In, I'm certain it's not my name. Your name tag says Aiden Morgan, but if you want to be Gerald Ford, who am I to, you know, uh, you know, block you from that? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, you know, let's go with my name tag because I mean, that's chances are anybody who manages to come down, like when they come to rescue us, they're going to see my name tag and say, "Oh, Aiden Morgan, come with me." Right, and then they'll look at your your like emergency uh, bracelet thing, and it'll say Gerald Ford, and they'll be so confused. That's right. Oh, those be Mr. President, sir. So sorry. Uh, so, and then they'll arrest me for impersonating Gerald Ford. Yeah. Very badly too. Very badly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's my defense. Actually, is what it'll be. I mean, like, I don't look or sound or dress anything like Gerald Ford. That, that yeah. Would be how I do it. Yeah, it's like um, your Chevy. Yeah, never mind. That's not even. <laughs> that's right. It's like I'm Chevy Chase to. Uh, to yeah. uh, I don't know to whoever the heck impersonates Ronald Reagan. Anyway. Yep. Um, we're both here. Yep. So we can yeah. now have our meeting. We cannot do a quorum. We don't. We don't. No. Let, let's let's continue regardless. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, first thing on the uh, on the agenda is Rain Mageddon twenty twenty one. Oh wow! Trust me, I know something about Rain Mageddon twenty twenty one. Yeah. Uh, the city is actually applying uh, to the province under their provincial disaster assistance program to have Rain Mageddon twenty twenty one which was uh, the big rainfall on June 11th, uh, declared a provincial disaster. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. And it means people who have had, like, damage from the Rain-Mageddon will be able to apply for assistance from the province to cover stuff that isn't insured. Oh. So that's why I've turned all the taps on in the basement. Okay. So this is starting to make sense. Yeah. Because I figure this is this is action we want to get in on. Exactly. Hey, I've got a bit of a life hack though for, for this Rain Mageddon assistance thing. Oh, you please. can um yeah, you, if you go to like uh, the Milky Way or um, or Desert and you get uh, and you get like a, a scoop of vanilla, uh, you can just go run it under a tap and then go to the province and say, uh, the rain washed away my ice cream. And they'll give you a free scoop. They'll give you two scoops. Oh, so that's awfully scoops. nice. So there you go. So yeah. you get an extra scoop of vanilla ice cream. And this one's on the province. Exactly. Pay for yeah. one, get one free. Taxpayer-funded ice cream is always the sweetest. It's, it's, <laughs> it is true. And sometimes there's like chocolate on top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not gelato. Apparently they don't, they don't mess with that. Not in this province. No. So That's like, too uh, fancy. Washed away my gelato, and they'll shrug and say, what do you want us to do about it? Why don't you, why don't you go to Europe, fancy, fancy lab? Yeah. Uh, 
Um, it's definitely for the lactose intolerant. It is, yeah. Although you could ask for sherbet. I'm sure they'd be okay with giving you a nice rainbow sherbet. I'm sure they would, yeah. yeah. And if it's rainbow, it's Pride Month, so, I mean, they would look like you know, bigots if they didn't. So <laughs> you want you want you want to get in on that too? So you know, life yeah. that's, that's what that's what this episode of uh, of the QCIB is all about. These are these are important things to know. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, so the, it sounds like this rain thing was a big deal. Yeah. Okay? So they were saying between six and ten a.m. So it's just like four friggin' hours. Four friggin' hours of rain is a disaster in this city. But apparently we had, it was very wet. We apparently had 50 to 60 millimeters of rain and it completely flummoxed our, uh, our systems and made it impossible for our city to function. We're not, we're not good with, with too much moisture at once. No. Cause it's amazing to think that that because like five, 50 millimeters, like 50 five sounds like a lot, but yeah, five centimeters is what, like that? It's like, yeah. you know, like four or five fingers together. It doesn't seem like a lot, but apparently if you have that much water all across the city, it, it builds up. Like imagine how many fingers that would be. If it cut, look, if you had four or five fingers stacked lengthwise, vertically placed across the city, that would be, that would be really weird. It'd be like a city full of fingers you'd be walking mm. through. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know if he could function. I bet the city would have trouble functioning with all those fingers. I don't think it would be quite the same problem, though, because I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't wind up in our stormwater drains. No. Right. So it would just be on the street, and you yeah, just mash it down. Yeah, but I mean, the fingers would be like trying to like you know get up in things and trip you, and just, that's true. It would be. It, it would be. It would be a real pain because I mean, I mean, you, you've got fingers. You you know how how weird they get. So just imagine a bunch of them with no rules all mm. over the city. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to. That's too disgusting. Yeah. Mostly they trip you and then take your wallet. Yeah. And then like pick things, pick and oh, poke yeah. things. Uh, yeah. You're just trying to get something done. And like this fingers poke in your eye. Yeah. And, like turning the pages on your book. And I don't know, trying to play, play your video games. Like it's, it would be, it would be a plague. A plague of fingers. Plague, yes. So much better that we had rain then, I guess. I think I think so. Yeah. Well, now now that now that I think about it carefully, rain mageddon is better than digit mageddon. Digit mageddon. <laughs> yeah. We should we should write a, a detailed report about what might happen if digit mageddon ever comes to Regina. We should. <laughs> Uh, and we should look back. There may have been a Digimageddon in the past. We just don't know about. Yeah, like the uh, Regina Riot of 1935. Who knows? I mean, there's there's no evidence of uh, of like fields of fingers, but we we don't like might have just been embarrassing so people didn't mention it. Or the fingers may have erased any evidence. That's true. Like they probably went like because I mean people like wrote things down. It wasn't digital back then. Mm-hmm. They probably got up in the books and the erasers. Yes. Rub themselves. <laughs> yeah, those scamps. Yeah, that year where there's this big smear in the in the history books. <laughs> That's right. It's nothing but inky fingerprints and smears. Yeah. Anyways, uh, as for Rain Mageddon, um, right. 
the uh, yeah, there's not much else to say except we're we're you know we're declaring it a disaster if the province says okay. This is going to be going to council, by the way, on mm. Wednesday, June twenty third to get approval and apparently the uh, city administration has already begun talks with the province about this everything qualifies they actually have to fill out a form so it's a incredibly simple like just pdf form that you fill out to get your city's mageddon declared a disaster and uh i don't know why people aren't filling these things out all the time (laughs) like just declaring De- declaring disasters left and right and uh, getting a relief program instituted. Right. Could be declaring like Star Wars movies if they wanted. <laughs> well, they Depending. did. Depending. They just, they did. They just didn't fill out the paperwork. Exactly. They could have gotten refunds. Yeah. Or fools. <laughs> yeah. Fools. Mon- monetize your, your vanished disappointment. So yeah, that, uh, that's, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Rainmageddon is officially a disaster. Well, soon to be officially a disaster. Other big news. Uh, this one comes via uh, Jennifer Ackerman at the Leader Post uh, spotted this in uh, Saskatchewan Tenders. The uh, city put out a tender to, so it's called the, re- the Rail Yard Renewal Remediation. So we're remediating our renewal because apparently... We all kind of knew this, but the, the, the report's now out. Uh, the soil in the rail yards, which is just north of downtown, and is, we're, we're going to develop it as a big uh, commercial office, residential development right in the downtown. Uh, the, uh, the, the soil's kind of contaminated with things like uh, lead and mercury, which are not good. No, and it's not like Freddie Mercury either. It's just no. mercury. Yeah, little bits of ground up Freddie Mercury. Exactly, and like when you like when it's quiet and you you lie on the ground, you can you can kind of hear the harmonies. Yeah, there's two main areas. Uh, one of them is uh, 743 square meters and one and a half meters deep. So that's about 1,800 tons of soil that needs to get pulled out. And the other area is about 60 meters squared and one and 1.8 meters deep. So that's another um, 200 tons. And there's other like various spots where you got to like dig it out. So in total, they're looking for a company to dig out 2,200 tons of soil, which I guess is a fair bit. And uh, because the soil is contaminated, there will be some concerns about, you know, worker safety and stuff. You don't want to be like breathing in the things that they're going to be digging out of there. Um, You know, I was like, I was looking at the report actually. And I was like looking at the list of chemicals that are in the dirt and I started to get really freaked out because there's some scary stuff in the dirt there. Hmm. So like in the news reports, they talked about like there were hydrocarbons. So basically like oil. Right. And then there was also like the lead and the mercury and mercury is really bad in like really tiny amounts. So I decided to go take a look at the list and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, Holy crap. There's like selenium, arsenic, uranium in this soil. And I'm starting to get really freaked out. Yeah. Cause this is like this radioactive stuff. So I was like, okay, just pick one and figure out what's going on. So I picked uranium and they were saying there was like, I don't know, two or three uh, milligrams per uh, kilogram of, uh, of soil. And I was like, that's not nothing. 
Right, right. So I went and I went and I checked to see what are the safe levels. And it turns out that like uranium is natural, right? So it's in the soil. And like the safe amount is like 20, right? So it was like 10 times, like the the, the normal amount of uranium in your soil is like 20 times what they had in that soil. So then it occurred to me that I don't know what I'm doing and I should... I should stop reading this report and trust the experts on this because I'm getting freaked out about uranium in the soil. And I find out actually, you know, that's kind of what you're going to get in the dirt. So maybe settle down. (laughs) So, but apparently the lead and the mercury, the mercury especially is like much higher and no big surprise. The hydrocarbons are like right out, right out of the, because, you know, there's all the oil and the, the gas and everything that, you know, would have spilled or right. been stored and leaked uh, after like, you know, what was it, like 200 years, 150 years of trains at that site. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the real concern. And I shouldn't be freaking out because if you, you look at our, the water, the drinking water that comes out of uh, the, um, the Buffalo Pound, it has stuff like selenium in it too. But again... There's selenium in everything, apparently. And there's arsenic in everything, apparently. Apple seeds have arsenic. So I have to, uh, I need to settle down and I need to quit pretending I can actually read a scientific report. That's the lesson. That that contains dangerous and toxic levels of old lace. Not bad for the arsenic, though. Right. And like old lace, like if that gets in your system, it can bind you right up. Oh, I know. Yeah, you'll, you'll never get it out. Yeah, that's frequently really moldy. Yeah, yeah, and you, you'll be you'll be spitting up bits of doily for for months. Yeah, and you should just not be tangling with old lace because no. it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, often it's yellowed. And, you know. Yeah, people don't do lace anymore. They don't. No, they, say they don't. Yeah, maybe because maybe it's too old. Maybe. Yeah. maybe it, Maybe we need new lace. Maybe that's the thing. So anyways, lace uh, has nothing to do with uh, mobile ticketing solutions. No, not, not even a little bit. But that is the next item on the agenda. Uh, it is a request for information, which is up on the SAS Tenders website. Uh, the city right now, if you've taken the bus, you know that you have like these uh, fare boxes where you swipe your... You wave your your R card over top of it, and it'll take a ride off your card, or you can put coins in the box. Uh, one of the things that council has wanted for like the last decade <clears throat> is to have a fare system that you can reload your card on the internet, or just more options for people to be able to get on the bus. Because currently, the only way you can fill those R cards is at like a uh, info booth, a transit info booth, or at mm-hmm. a Safeway, or a couple. There's a few. Um, uh, uh, drug stores around town where you can also refill your card, but it's really difficult to fill your R card. And if you don't have change, then you kind of have to like, you know, beg your way onto the bus. So mm. it's not a good system. It's not very versatile. And currently the paratransit system is actually better set up than the transit system for taking fares because they have a mobile uh, payment device. So when you get on a paratransit bus, the driver can like walk right over to where you are and take your fare from you off of your, uh, I think it's like right off your debit card. Oh, but we can't do that on uh, the, the other transit, like on the, the main transit system. 
which we have 121 conventional transit buses that you, you still have to pay like with old fashioned coins or with these R cards that you fill up at Safeway. So this request for information is the city looking for people who know about how a mobile uh, ticketing system would work. So either some way that we could like refill our cards on the internet, or perhaps there could be like a, an app that we could have on our phones so that we could like pay through our phones, like with Apple Pie or whatever. But uh, yeah. And so it's like, it's like three pages of questions basically. Cause th- like, the city has no idea what's going on. And they're like, explain to us. And like every line is like, explain how this works. Explain how this will work. Explain how this will work. So you have to go through like two, three pages of uh, things and explain to the city how you can give us a better fare system. Because we tragically uh, bought one that was a little, little outdated the day it went into the bus. But uh, so, yeah, that's finally going to come. And I imagine it will make many counselors happy because, again, that's something that council has been asking for literally for about a decade now. Well, I, uh, I have an idea. I mean, maybe I can submit it directly to the city. Uh, well, first, what you have to do is you have to dissolve the Catholic Church. Okay. Uh, good. Um, yep. Uh, I mean, that's, that's I mean, I, I think this is already a good even without the transit pay thing. Uh, and that, and the thing is, like you know, once you dissolve the Catholic Church, you have like all these people who work at the Vatican suddenly they're out of work, and specifically the Swiss Guard, oh. the personal retinue that uh, guards the Pope and uh, and you know, the Vatican, you know, uh, higher ups. Um, suddenly they've got nothing to do except That's hang true. around in in like really fancy colored like pantaloons. If you've ever seen the Swiss Guard outfit, it's really it's it's really quite bizarre looking. It's pretty awesome. Uh, oh yeah, um, I mean if you're if you're going to be like you know involved in security and the paramilitary or whatever, Swiss Guard is is the way to go. Uh, so suddenly they've got no work at all um, and nothing but the clothes on their back. Uh, so I say we get the Swiss Guard to uh, handle all the payments. I like this. Me too. I haven't only. Part of the logistics there, but you know, they would have to wear their uniforms, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Good. Yeah, I like that idea. You know, those guys are like badass killing machines, right? Uh huh. Well, I mean, yeah. you try to try to avoid paying the fare, and you have to deal with the Swiss Guard. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. Nope. nope. No, you. But you'd then meet the end of a halberd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that would like drive up ridership, though. <laughs> I don't think. I think people would be like, I think there'd be a bit of novelty mm-hmm. to it. You know, come, you know, get get your fare paid through, you know, a member of the Swiss Guard and ride the bus. I don't, ad- adopt a Swiss Guardsman. I like that yeah. idea. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you could name them. <laughs> yeah, sir. Name a Swiss Guard Guardsman. Oh, Franz. No, no longer. Dirty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Now you're Hallie McHalbert phase. <laughs> now you're a splashy McCantleman. <laughs> they would love it here. They would. They would. I'm sure. I'm sure their faith is. If their faith wavers, they can find new purpose. In, yeah. In Magellan Transit. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. Last thing before we go to innovative revenue tools uh, is the um, the out well the the bathroom facilities on the plaza. I don't know if you remember, but there was there was supposed to be a pilot project before COVID hit. So last mm-hmm. summer to put a uh, a temporary washroom on the plaza just to see what would be involved in getting washrooms on the plaza. And uh, that couldn't happen because of COVID. So they didn't do the pilot. But now the administration is saying, let's just skip the pilot and go straight to building a bathroom on the plaza. Because COVID has taught us that we absolutely need a bathroom on the plaza. That we can't, because library was closed for a lot of COVID. So you didn't have the library bathroom to use. And you didn't have the bathrooms in any of the businesses on the plaza. So We've learned what happens when uh, doors close. And so now the city realizes they have to take bathrooms into their own hands. Hmm. They anticipate uh, design will be about $50,000. Construction will be $500,000. Yeah, to build one bathroom on the plaza. But as we learned from the kiosk that's there, uh, the... There are irregularly shaped foundations built on the plaza for buildings, and that's limiting what can be built there, and it drives up the cost. So right, of course. thank you to Colmeyer and Associates who designed the plaza for that bit of genius. <laughs> um, they're also figuring it'll be about $100 a day for twice daily cleanings, um, but all that'll be worked out in the design and uh, stuff process. So yeah, that goes to uh, council on Wednesday the 23rd with everything else. Um, I suspect it'll probably go through. Council may decide to save a few bucks and try to do the pilot anyways, but uh, I think they'll be amenable to the idea of building a plaza potty. A plaza potty. Plaza potty. Yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I think it's my time. And, uh, you know, if, if we need people to clean it, we can... Uh, there's that Swiss guard just looking for things to do. Well, they'll be here. As so, soon as we dissolve the church. Yep. 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 And we only have 122 buses, and I'm pretty sure there's more Swiss Guard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Get them in the plaza party. Oh, yeah. Um, we could have them as washroom attendants. Yeah. But anyways, uh, that's it. We are done. Uh, we are, we're out of time for this half, so we've got to go to Innovative Revenue Tools. Okay. Um, do, are, are we only going to do the pre-recorded innovative revenue tools? I think so. Cause I don't really have one. Okay. Although, I mean, we're, we are going to have to like sit down and start thinking cause we've got to pay for all these Swiss card. That's this is true. I do actually have a very quick innovative revenue tool. Oh, so shoot. It's time to hear it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well it's uh, it's to do with uh, all the, um, dirt removal from, oh. from rail yards. Okay. I mean, they're removing dirt that's full of mercury, and when and when I say mercury, you say, um, Freddie Mercury? No, no, it's too obvious. It's the other obvious thing. I'm not going to get it because I'm not right. that smart. <laughs> well, you'll you'll be kicking yourself when I say the word thermometers. Oh, of course. Yeah, was it so the tip of I, my tongue? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's actually one in your mouth right now. Yeah, it's been there for it's been there for months. Um, so we we extract the mercury, and we turn Regina, the Queen City, into the thermometer capital of Western Canada. 
I love this. Yeah. Locally sourced mercury for our bespoke Regina thermometers. Yep. We've got a big billboard uh, when people are driving into the city. And uh, say, come get your temperature taken in Regina, Saskatchewan. I love that. The people have, uh, you know, because there's been a lot more temperature taking going on with COVID. And they've been using these electronic thermometers where they point them at your forehead or whatever. Right. And, you know, I I want a natural organic mm-hmm. thermometer in my mouth exactly you you want yeah. you want highly toxic substance in a little fragile glass container yeah but it's natural yeah yeah and the, you know, something that you can put in like any mm-hmm. one of your body parts Just, <laughs> that's, that's how we do it around here yeah <laughs> putting a glass tube in your butt that's how my grandparents did it. <laughs> that's, that's how we're doing it. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like this. I think we should write this up, send it upstairs, and make a fortune off of Regina Mercury. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. Okay, so we're back from that round of delightful, innovative revenue tools. We are. And uh, we now have a guest. When did they get in? During the innovative revenue tools. Like I set up like a whole bunch of like, you know, cans on strings to warn us before this happens. So whoever they are, they're, they're canny. They're very canny guests. And agile. Extremely and, agile. And agile. Yeah, exactly. And it's a good thing because our guest is actually David Chapados, who's here to give us the state of the skate. Ooh. Hi. Hello, David. <laughs> hey, Hi. Dave. Hey, David. How's it going? Good. So what is good. the state of the skate? The state of the skate is about as good as it's been in the past decade. We've got really good news about a potential space for a new indoor skate park. And it's also go skateboarding day today. It's what? Go skateboarding day. Oh, go skateboarding day. I thought you said, I thought you said ghost skateboarding day. Ghost skateboarding day. So it's where we all celebrate the ghosts of skateboarding. No, it's a, (laughs) Um, we all get together and uh, typically get as many skaters as we can to a bunch of different spots and barge a bunch of places we're not supposed to skate. And then, uh, yeah, kind of just take over. Um, so how many skaters did you get? Yeah. How many did you get this uh, year? There was probably a good 35, 40 guys at the legislative building when I was there. So, yeah, that's not bad. But it's weird. There were so many parents there and stuff now, too, and like younger kids, which really hasn't been a thing some of the kids that uh i've been teaching skateboarding lessons on the weekends at the rochelle park and i saw a couple of the kids i teach and with their parents there and yeah the dynamics changing quite a bit from what it used to be so it's really good to see and it's like you know it used to be a bunch of us just basically just breaking the rules and now parents are all there with their kids and encouraging them to get in on it yeah it's, it's really cool I have so many questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> so 
Is it the little kids now who are breaking the rules? Are their parents encouraging them to break the rules? Or is it the parents who used to break the rules who are all like to their kids, you can't break the rules because you'll get hurt? Like, no. how, does, how does the dynamic change with age? I don't think like I brought my daughters with me today and they're both mm-hmm. rolling around and, you know, a little bit mellower than some of the other guys and what they're doing. But yeah, I think it just skateboarding seems a lot safer and a lot more accepted than it used to be. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's really cool to see parents come to an event like that. And, yeah. Be supportive of it. Hmm. But yeah, with um, the new indoor space coming up too, like, the demand's been unreal over the past couple of years with COVID and everything. Skating was one of the few things that, you know, you could just pick up, go do it by yourself, do it with a couple of friends or whatever, but it was one of the few sports you could still do. Right. And uh, our organization started skateboarding lessons for the summer. And I was like, Oh yeah, this will be a cool, like something fun to do on Saturday on the weekends or whatever. And I posted about it and the classes were full and, a day and a half, two days. Wow. wow. So yeah, booked solid from May till the end of August, probably about a good 50 kids in the first session. And we added an extra day to accommodate how many kids there were. And uh, yeah, the second session that starts in July is completely full too. So I think we probably have, mm-hmm. yeah, 70 so, um, plus kids. Wow. So what yeah. do you do when, uh, and like we go skateboarding day, when like when longboarders show up, do you chase them away or do you no, just they're totally welcome. Them? I'm, no. I'm joking. <laughs> it's fine. There, there's definitely, there's, there's some tension there, but um, no, if everyone's getting out and rolling and having a good time, like we had longboarders out last year or maybe it was the year before, but uh, a couple of them showed up and they showed up with cases of water and were super nice guys and like, Hey, Hey, like, is it cool if we roll with you? Of course. Like, cool. yeah. I didn't realize that there would be any like adversarial nature to the relationship between longboarders and skateboarders. Aren't they basically the same machine? More or less in a sense, but also incredibly different at the same time. And it's the like, you know, like tennis and racquetball or like badminton, right? They're, they're similar. Like they use some of the same components, but if you, you know, mix them up, they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I don't do that. <laughs> so, right. which- so the, you get the guys who are super serious about it and they're like, nope, no, unacceptable. You can't be part of it. But I don't know, skateboarders, the way I see it, you know, we need all the support from everyone we can get. And there's, there's no need to be, you know, gatekeeping our cool guy. And like, you know, you can't hang out with us because you ride something slightly different. Like mm-hmm. that's right, my but, view, anyways. That's not everybody, yeah. but but those scooter guys—they're completely beyond the pale, right? They're the worst. I always hope that you know you see those kids get on that and start scootering, and then you know maybe it gets them into it. Maybe they get to the park and they see, oh, like skateboarding actually looks really cool. Like maybe I should start that instead. So it's like a like a gateway sport. <laughs> nice. Right. Um, so, uh, what did you what, what did you guys do at the ledge today? Was it just like recreational skating around, or did you have like any sort of like agenda or anything that was going on beyond that? 
Uh, they were going at the ledge at five mm-hmm. and then I actually had to leave, but then they were going to speaker's corner, the red stairs, um, on the other side of the park. And, uh, one of the guys built a ramp for at the legislative. So instead of like the double set of stairs, instead of going down it, we put a ramp at the bottom half to do tricks up it. Brilliant. And then built, yeah. Built a ledge to that fit on the stairs at the red stairs. So guys could do tricks off the ledge, off the stairs. And then, uh, yeah, they were all after that going to skate down Albert street and all the way to, uh, three Oh six. Right. Now, oh, did well. any politic- politicians join you? No, no, we didn't get any out, but at the same time, it's not advertised super hard. Cause like, we don't want the police to show up because technically we could all get tickets, right? You're not like, I've got a court date from the legislative before they didn't even give me a ticket. They're like, no, you have to make an appearance. <laughs> so it's yeah. Kind of flying under the radar a little bit and hoping it's, you know, all the skateboarders hear about it, but not too many other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Did yeah. any of the, did any of the commissioners come out and join in though? No, I saw one of the commissioners and he's probably just like, Nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Is they just lay down on the ground and will ollie over you? <laughs> yeah, they, you could. You could. <laughs> nice. Well, that's awesome. It's good that it's because uh, it's now like it's your multiple generations into this sport. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, you have so- any like? Do you have any grandparents who are like old timey skaters who are coming out with their grandkids now? Not quite there yet. I'm sure they exist though. You know, like places where the scene was probably stronger in the like seventies and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. sure there is. I'm, I'm not super up to speed on the like seventies skateboarding scene in Regina, but uh, there was one pro from Regina. He was pro from for Skull Skates, and uh, his name is Lorne. I believe he's the guy who used to own Cali Subs, and I've oh. seen him skate once at this guy's vert ramp in his backyard. And I only heard legend of him up until then, but he's got to be, he's got to be mid fifties and he still rips. Like he's yeah. still really good, hmm. but that's the only guy I know of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause those guys in their mid fifties are ancient. Well, yeah. in skateboarding terms, you're like, I'm old at 38. Like I'm really <laughs> old, you know, like, wow, Dave still skates. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, in the lessons, I wanted to ask you about the lessons too. Uh, yeah. where are you guys going to be doing those and, uh, who's going to be teaching and stuff like that? We're doing them at Rochdale at the Terry Hinks park in between Winston Knoll and Riffle. And, uh, yeah, I've been teaching pretty much all of them. And then we have a couple other guys, Trent, he's one of the guys who's part of our organization and, uh, Deegan Smith as well. And he's part of our organization, both really good positive dudes. Trent's one of the guys who was helping me learn how to skateboard when I was a kid. So yeah, really good people. And, you know, I thought off the bat that with how quick it filled up, I'm like, I might've bitten off a bit more than I could chew. <laughs> but now that the, we're almost done, we have two sessions left of the eight and the first one here. And like to see the progression in some of these kids is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit of, encouragement and positive reinforcement and you know oh put your feet like this like that just go for it right because there's no there's no set program like okay this is how you learn to skateboard first you do this first you do that it's more about what do you want to do with it 
you want to learn how to just roll? Do you want to learn some tricks? We're going to work on your balance, that kind of thing. So just trying to, you know, focus on each kid a little bit and figuring out where they're at and how I can help them the best I can. And yeah, the results have been, the results have been really good. I'm really happy about it. What uh, was the age range on that? Uh, We have three age groups. We're doing three to six. Wow. And which, yeah, I thought it might be a little young, but we didn't really get in too many kids that were three. I think I have one kid that's actually three in the next session, but most of them are four to six. And that's the most hectic of the ones to manage and maintain. Not so much worried about kids hurting themselves because I'm not like, yeah, go drop it on that huge ramp. We're just rolling on flat for the most part. It's just keeping the focus of a group of 10, three to six year olds is the hardest part. And then we do seven to 12 and uh, 13 and up. So it wasn't initially 13 to 18, but I had a couple people in there. One guy who was like 28 who asked if he could join and he's never skateboarded before and wanted to learn. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, three to 28. Okay. Would you, what, what about 52? Would you say that that's an advisable, uh, an advisable sport or should I, a 52 year old perhaps say, uh, I'll just bicycle or something? Yeah. Um, there's still potential to get hurt on a bike and I might have a biased opinion and be like, yeah, skateboarding is great. You should do it. But we actually did get a bunch of parents. They're like, Oh, I used to skate. Like you guys should do a dad's night. You should do, you know, a mom and dad night or like parents night or whatever, like lessons for that. And I'm like, yeah, that actually could be a thing. It might be kind of fun to do. And, but liability wise, like little kids recover and they bounce back hard. But when you're in your forties and you take a good one, you, you feel it for a while for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> is there a, uh, is there a sharp uh, gender divide with uh, with kids learning to skate? Is it or is it? Uh, you see an interesting split. I've seen a drastic change to the like more female. Our classes are mm-hmm. probably about sixty percent female. I would say, wow. and some of the groups even a bit more. But like overall, probably let's say about sixty percent. But definitely way more females wanting to learn. That's really interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. It's super good. And I think a lot of that credit's due to like, uh, there's a group of female skateboarders called Femmes Across the Board who've been promoting getting girls into skateboarding. And yeah, the turnout for them have been amazing. And they've done quite a bit to make a lot more females way more comfortable with it. Because, you know, from my perspective, I've always seen skateboarding is super welcoming. I'm like, well, why wouldn't they come skate mm-hmm. with us? Like, we're all cool with them. Like, but then until there was this group of female skaters, did you really notice that like a lot of them felt safer in that space or more comfortable in that space, regardless of even, you know, we're all nice to everyone. Right. But it was just a more welcoming space for them. And -hmm. I think they've, you know, created quite a bit of space for females in skateboarding in Regina. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yes. Uh, so we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, and we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're speaking with David Chapados of the Regina Skate Council. Council? Coalition. Coalition. Yeah. yeah so why not? not? Yeah. Why coalition? Uh, we just thought it was a, a good word. It was slightly different. We were like, essentially, we used to be Skate Regina, and uh, it was 
dated like it used to be the cool thing to write skate like sk8 everywhere and stuff right mm-hmm. so that's yeah. how skate regina was spelled but then also the same bank we dealt with had a skate regina which was figure skating i think so that caused oh. some issues and mix-ups with them and we just decided it was time for a change and we're throwing different names around there and coalition seemed like the one that suited what we were doing the most and how we were working things like yeah so it wasn't like you were bringing together a bunch of feuding skate factions that were like fighting all the time and you brought them together into a coalition of skate people. No, but we have a pretty, pretty wide range. Like we have quite a few members from Femmes across the board because we wanted female representation as well. Yeah. And then uh, Michael Langan from Colonialism Skateboards is a part of our organization, organization too. And we really wanted him to be a part of it. And yeah, just trying to be as diverse as we can. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So now you guys have gotten together with the pickleballers. Yeah. That's a super good situation that works out for everyone. Pickleball needs a space. They need their own space. It's growing. It's super popular. Mm -hmm. There's lots of people doing it and we need a space and real has buildings that could, use a bit of an upgrade so the city's stepping in with that and they're giving real x amount of dollars to upgrade this space and we'll be set up in there in the fall i'm not sure if pickleball is going to be ready for the fall and then there's going to be basketball and volleyball courts in there as well and yeah it'll be a great upgrade to the canada center i think they were saying they were losing money on that space every year and now they'll actually be turning a bit of a profit from it which is great instead of, you know putting all those buildings to use on everest places the smart thing to do just having empty space in there you might as well fill it with something and it's a great yeah. location too it's very accessible for like inner city youth there as well mm-hmm. and then yeah centralized so bus routes get there from other ends of the city and yeah it's a perfect spot right on now, yeah. so the, the building you guys are going to be going into, which one is it? Like, whereabouts on the Everest campus is that? Uh, very west, like the west side, the Canada Center building. Okay. And uh, I know that you guys, so you had a space on the Everest, um, like, years ago. Like, was it two, 2016 you got kicked out? Uh, 2013 we got 13. kicked out. It got demolished in 2014. That park opened in 96. So that was the longest running indoor skate park in Western Canada. Wow. Which is a crazy thing because to run a skate park, we ran that place. It was $3 a session the entire time it was open. Another dollar if you needed a helmet. So super accessible. And that was really important to us. It's not, it's not a profit making venture. It's, you know, if we, if we break even great, that's amazing. And that's all we're shooting for, but yeah, just somewhere that kids can go and skate. And it's, yeah accessible and there's not like you know any kind of like barrier cost wise really and did you have a you had a temporary space in there for a while is it going to be was that in a different building or yeah we actually had the agribition building which was a taking a huge leap of faith because it was a temporary space we all knew it was a temporary space it was going to be for just this past winter that's it but Hmm. we figured we better jump on it show them that you know we're organized and we can do this and make it happen and uh yeah we were about to open and 
about two days bef- after the new, the latest COVID restrictions came in. And I think we still could have opened at a lower capacity, but it just, it wasn't worth taking the chance. And we decided, well, no, we're just going to wait it out and see how it goes. But, you know, we started building that relationship with real and made some good connections and they seem like they really want us in their space. They want to draw young people to their campus. And I think we can do that. Awesome. Yeah. What about price? Like, so you're going to be going into a new facility. Um, will you be able to maintain that same kind of, you know, accessible fee structure for kids? It's going to be, it's not going to be $3, but it's not going to be expensive. We haven't really decided. The last one was going to be $10 a session. So I don't see it going any higher than that. And then we're going to still work out some accessibility options and try and get like, let's say, you know, we asked this business, do you want to sponsor 30 passes for underprivileged youth for mm. June or December? And then, you know, try and get someone else in January and they get a bit of advertising and they're doing something good and they make a donation to the park and it makes it accessible for lots of kids. Cool. Yeah. What about the actual, like the ramps and uh, the other, like all of this construction that's going to be like the skate facility itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that you guys have built stuff like that with this city facility like this. Is this going to be done by skate professionals or by you guys again? By us. We would be the most professional. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We have tons of experience with building ramps and it's kind of a very niche thing it's even like you know when we had the plaza skate park built in Moscana, like new line skateboards who are you know have skateboarders and they did the design but the build the city all tender out right so new line puts in a bid which is probably higher than everyone else but we had to go and check and like these guys are you know whoever built it in the end are good construction workers but they don't really have that understanding of skateboarding right so you look at something and it's like Oh yeah, there's your quarter pipe. It's like, well, you know, it looks wavy if you look at it down this way. Like it's only a little bit, but that's not acceptable. Like mm-hmm. try again. So it's best to have skateboarders doing it, especially experienced skateboarders. Like Noel went, he's our treasurer and he ran the old indoor forever. And he's yeah, super talented with building ramps is a great mind for it and tons of construction abilities. So yeah, I think, there's no better option than us without sounding super arrogant, but that's just <laughs> the reality of it. <laughs> yeah. Are there any, like, are there going to be any surprises? Like, do you guys have like big plans? Cause this is a pretty good size space you're going to have. It's a pretty good size space, but also wood is so expensive right now. Right. right. Like the last time we built in the old space, I think a two, bo- two by four was like three forty seven. And now they're over nine bucks. Whoa. Okay. That's like, insane. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that comes down a bit. I don't see it coming down tons, but, but yeah, there's definitely a huge, huge cost increase with wood. So right. uh, we'll have to work with that. And if we have to phase in the builds and we've raised some money on a GoFundMe and we have some potential sponsors and that too. So we'll be able to fill up the space, but it'll definitely be, you know, this season we're adding this and this we're, you know, we're going to have to wait a couple months and build up some more funds to build this. Cause yeah, wood's insanely expensive right now. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, but the plan is still to open in September, did you say, like the fall? Fall is the plan. So hopefully, wow. ideally before first snowfall. Because, yeah, if we open in the summer while it's still nice, nobody wants to skate inside. You know, summers here are gorgeous, but they're short. Yeah. And everyone wants to make the most of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good time frame to open. Right. Uh, and what what else... Like, so the city will be doing these things like the pickleball courts, the volleyball, all of that will come later. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll be the first ones in there. Yeah. My understanding. I imagine pickleball won't be far behind because they have a huge demand. Right. Now, have you guys sat down across a table to, you know, to discuss your, your demands, like what's going to go in the snack machine, stuff like that? (laughs) Oh, no, as long as as long as it's not like the old ones at the indoor where little kids could reach their arms up and just empty the machines and the guy would come there be no money and no pop in it. <laughs> but uh, I think it, I I would imagine Real is probably going to have some kind of canteen and they'll run that. Yeah, just due to the way they operate, I think that like even you see that Tim Hortons there is all Evres or Real workers, right? So I assume it would be the same same yeah. type situation over there. Yeah. But I've heard like the pickleball community is huge and really, really vocal. Like they're huge. They have a powerful lobby, like yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So you picked the right coattails to ride on into a space. Whatever it takes, whatever yeah. it takes to get that space. <laughs> We've been at it for a long time. It's like, you know, we're completely different people, but we're going to get along. We're going to be yeah. great friends because we need you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna be a really interesting crowd, right? Like you're going to have the, the little kids on one side skating, and then you're going to have their grandparents on the other side playing the, uh, the pickleball. Well, and it's a good opportunity too, age group wise and be like, Oh yeah, dad's going to go play pickleball with his friends. The teenagers are going to go play the basketball court or go to the skate park. And the little kids are going to hit either of the same two. And there's lots of options right there in one space, which makes sense. Like real has, that grounds, hopefully, it'll end up being absolutely amazing and full of a different, different options with, you know, the stadium there, with us there, and potential developments that, you know, I've heard rumor of or whatever that they're doing there. It could be a really good space. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, we are just about out of time here, David. Is there any other uh, skate news or uh, skate stuff coming up this summer that we should know about? Uh, I think the skate park would be the biggest one. There's a couple spots left in skate lessons for the 13 to and up group, if anyone wanted to join that. But uh, other than that, that would be the, the big news of the summer. And then today, go skateboarding day. So, right. Yeah, that would be it. Uh, so if people want to sign up for lessons or find out more about you guys where would they go uh our facebook page regina skateboarding coalition or our website is reginaskateboarding.ca perfect oh okay great oh did i lose it my phone's at low power okay (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah well before you uh you you disappear completely uh thanks a lot for doing this today that was awesome yeah yeah no thank you guys anytime anytime all right see you david thanks guys bye cheers so, uh, well, thanks, thanks to uh, David for that for that enlightening interview. Um, yes, it was excellent. Not not nearly as competitive about about skate skate like longboard as, as I was hoping, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, so I I say we move to adjourn.
I will second that motion. All right. Meeting adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, dialed into the community. Your broadcasts live are live these days from 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings, and we broadcast from Monday afternoons at 3 to 4 p.m. Find us on cjtr.ca slash podcasts, also uh, on Twitter at, uh, at Queen City ID, and at also on www.queencityimprovementbureau.com. Yeah, what else? Um, you know, your hosts are called Shannon Maiden Morgan, music by Ryan Hill, aka Godwire. And thanks again to uh, David, uh, David Chapados from the Regina Skate Coalition. That's them. The uh, coming up next, I believe we have the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by music all on through the night. That is it. Keep on improving.